Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Oh, Captain, my Captain. I'm telling you straight, it's my way or the highway. Let's get nuts. Tell me something, my friend. You ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? I always ask that of all my prey. I just like the sound of it. I'll have what she's having. You have chosen wisely. It reminds us all that once was good. And it could be again. My calculations are correct. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're going to see some serious... You're listening to the 30-something movie podcast. Classic movies, 30 years in the making. It's episode number 232. Uh, 232? Yeah, it is the 232. I almost just got caught on that for there for a second. Uh, it's episode number 232. This time we're talking Glory, the Civil War movie from 1989. Um, go ahead. I would t- I'm just going to sing Glory, Glory, Hallelujah. That's fine. You don't Go wanna- ahead. It's too late. I'd be off key. Be oh, it's fine. No, can't. I can't, man. You're I not going to be any more on key than the rest of us. So. <laughs> and that's the truth mm-hmm. right there. Um, so, yes. So, very, very quickly, we spoil the movies we talk about. So, we're going to we're gonna give you a quick non-spoiler review of this movie. Just like one sentence uh, before we get going in to talk about it. But we do spoil the movies we talk about. So, we're going to talk plot points. Um, even sometimes when we just chat a little bit in the opening of the podcast here, we might mention a movie and we might kind of go into plot points. Um, we try to give fair warning, but just be aware that does happen on the show. If you have not yet left us an iTunes review, please do that. It just lets us know how you're feeling about the show what we're doing right what we're doing wrong uh just a great way to give us some feedback um and let other people find out more about the show because when we get more itunes reviews it shows up more in the itunes charts and lists and search results and all that stuff so uh also visit our website if you want to find more ways to get in touch with us or interact with us go to our website 30podcast.com and that is the best way to get all the other places where you can listen to the show or interact with us so tonight i've got with me Pat Canigallo, Dennis Matuch, and Bo Warmbold. How's everybody doing? Yo. Hey, hey. All right. Um, and so we've got, we are halfway through our month of March. In fact, uh, we're all teachers, so we're coming up on spring break now. So I think we're kind of all looking forward to getting a little bit of time off. I don't have any new movie news this time, uh, other than to say just a few days ago, my daughter and I went to go see Captain Marvel, and I'm not going to give any spoilers at all, but just to say it was a lot of fun. And Bo, I think you went to go see it too. Yeah, it was really good. Okay, I liked it a lot. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, it. There were certain things about it that keep it from being in like my top, maybe five or ten, probably maybe even top ten. Keep it from being maybe my top ten Marvel movies, but it was definitely a really good movie. It was a lot of fun. Um, this is the first superhero movie that typically. I don't always take my daughter to some of the movies, especially when they open up, if I haven't seen them first. Um, but just, I don't know if it was that it was a female led superhero movie or, or what it was about it. But, uh, I just said, you know what, this time she's coming with me. I usually, I think maybe she's a little bit too young to see some of these in the theater, but, uh, she went, we had a great time and it was a great movie. So I think this is one of those that there are a few scenes that are a little scary here and there, but, um, this is one of those that even compared with some of the other superhero movies this one i feel like was fairly mild 
Like, would you agree, Bo? I don't think there was too much that I would think was yeah, super I, intense. I mean, there were a couple scenes here and there, but... Family-friendly. There was a little violence, but, you yeah. know, it's a superhero movie. Right. Um, yeah, I thought it was very, very friendly for, for a family audience. Yeah. So, uh, so good movie. And the I really loved... I don't want to give away what they were, but I really... For anybody who's going to go see it, uh, I really love the Stan Lee cameo, because I think this is the first one after he passed away. Um, so it was fun to see that. And they did kind of a special tribute to him, uh, at the uh, kind of in the opening credits of the movie. And then, um, the definitely, I still don't understand why people leave when people go see a superhero movie. I want someone to explain to me who these people are that are leaving when the credits first start. Have they not? Maybe they have to, maybe they really have to pee. Then there's a lot of people that really have to pee, but if they not, <laughs> Yeah, but you know what you do if you have to go to the bathroom? Then you basically you leave really right. quickly because I've done back, this yeah. run and go there back. There were some people that did that in the yeah. one I was in. Yeah, but this, like, I you just tell people left and they came running back in. I because we even actually pulled out the camera and recorded the end scene because one person was okay. in the bathroom sure. trying to make it back. So we actually, you know, I don't know if it was a law broken, but we just filmed yeah, that's so mostly illegal. What happened? Okay, that was yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Okay, we All we right. deleted after so. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, so I don't have any other new movie news, so we'll just jump on. We'll jump in the DeLorean, head back to 89 uh, very, very quickly. So this week in 89, March 20th through 26th, uh, on March 22nd, the American football player J.J. Watt was born. Uh, on March 24th, the Exxon Valdez spills 11.3 millions of gallons off of Alaska. Uh, and then March 26th, the first free elections in the USSR were held. I, I don't know if I should put free in quotation marks. Um, probably. Probably. And Boris Yeltsin won those. Uh, The top book this time was Star by Danielle Steele. The top movie is Fletch Lives, directed by Michael Ritchie. It's starring Chevy Chase. And the top song is Lost in Your Eyes by Debbie Gibson. Um, So very, very quickly before I jump into the movie info, this is something new that we're going to start doing these next couple weeks on the podcast uh, and probably going forward from here. If anybody is listening and they want to stop because they haven't seen this movie before... We're going to give them just a very quick, if you can give me uh, out of five, so out of five stars, what would you give this movie? And just one real quick sentence that doesn't give away anything necessarily about the plot. How do you feel about this movie? So if people just want to know if they should see it or not, we're going to do that now, and then we'll get into the spoiler-filled discussion later. So very quickly, out of five stars, what do you give this one? And one quick spoiler-free sentence on whether they should see this or not, and why. I'm going to say yes, because it's awesome. And that's about the best way I can sum it up. Glory is a very appropriate title for this movie. Denzel Washington, mm-hmm. Morgan Freeman, Andre Brower, Matthew Broderick, Carrie Elwes, Civil War. Mm-hmm. That's mine. Yep. I'm going to give it four stars, too. I didn't say my stars. I'll give it four stars. Oh, yeah. I would agree with that. Yes, four stars. Pat, six stars out of yeah, five? I, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'd say six okay. out of five and just perfection. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, six and a half out of five. And um, mm-hmm. soundtrack, oh, nice. everything you mentioned, inspir- inspiring. Um, 
Uh, just a, just a, a powerful okay. moving film. All right. Well, we'll go into more detail, but we just want to give you, if you need to, if you feel like you want to stop and watch this movie before we talk about it, uh, you obviously have a resounding go watch it from the rest of us. If you care about our opinions, I'm assuming you do somewhat because you're listening mm-hmm. to the show. Uh, but we'll just jump on into some background here on the movie, and then we'll get going after we play the trailer for you, too. So, obviously, this movie is titled Glory. Came out on the 15th of December, 1989, rated R, with a runtime of two hours and two minutes, directed by Edward Zwick, who also did About Last Night, uh, Legends of the Fall, and The Last Samurai. Producer in this one was Freddie Fields, who died in 2007, uh, also did American Gigolo and Poltergeist 2, The Other Side. God is in his holy temple. The writers for this one were Kevin Jar, who did the screenplay, died in 2011. Uh, he also did Rambo First Blood Part 2 and Tombstone. I'm your Huckleberry. Lincoln mm. Kirsten did the book. Uh, he died in 1996. Uh, my understanding is this is kind of based off of the um, the letters of Shaw, of Robert Gould Shaw, and a couple of different books. It sounds like they kind of mix some stuff together. So uh, Lincoln Kirstein wrote the book Lay This Laurel, and then Peter Burchard uh, wrote the book One Gallant Rush. And so it sounds like they've kind of mixed a few things together to make this movie. Cinematography was done by Freddie Francis, who died in 2007. Uh, this Apparently 2007 was not the year to be named Freddie, because the producer Freddie Fields died in 2007, and the cinematographer Freddie Francis died in 2007. Two different people, but... So don't be, don't have your initials be FF and die in 2007. Okay. Uh, the Elephant Man and Cape Fear were also done by him. Music was done by James Horner. Never heard of him. Uh, died in 2015. He did The Rockahoo. That guy. Yep. The Rockahoo, Legends of the Fall, Braveheart, all of those things. Budget on this one was 18 million. Box office was 26.8 million. Uh, in terms of reviews, Rotten Tomatoes Critics gives this a 93%. Rotten Tomatoes Audience gives it a 93%. IMDb gives it a 79%. Letterboxd gives it a 74%. And CinemaScore, people who went to go 74. see this in the theater and were asked as they were leaving how they felt about it, CinemaScore gave it an A. Starring Matthew Broderick as Colonel Robert Gould Shaw. He was in Ferris Bueller's Day Off and The Cable Guy. Uh, Denzel Washington was Private Trip. He was in Training Day and Fallen. Carrie Elwes was Major Cabot Forbes. He was in The Princess Bride and Robin Hood Men in Tights. Morgan Freeman was Sergeant Major John Rawlins. He was in Driving Miss Daisy and Seven. Uh, Jimmy Kennedy was Private Jupiter Shartz. Just a fun name to say. Uh, he was in The Dream Team. Uh, Andre Brower played Corporal Thomas Searles. He was in City of Angels and Homicide Life on the Street. John Finn was Sergeant Major Mulcahy. He was in Catch Me If You Can. Donovan Leach Jr. was Captain Charles Fessenden Morse. He was in the 88 version of The Blob. And J.D. Cullum was Henry Sturgis Russell. He was in Forever Young. Here is the trailer, and we'll be back in just a moment. I understand you were at Antietam. Yes. A great and a terrible day. I could use your help, Robert. The governor is proposing to raise a regiment of Negro soldiers. I've submitted your name to be commissioned colonel of the 54th Massachusetts Infantry. I mean, I know how much you'd like to make colonel, but a college regiment? <laughs> I'm going to do it. Dear mother, the men learn very quickly, faster than white troops, it seems to me. They have risked their lives to be here. They have given up their freedom. I owe them as much as they have given. I owe them my freedom. My life, if necessary. One, nine, one, one. 
I, I can knock something down with this. A million loyal readers want to know what happens when the men of the 54th see action. Ain't no dream. We run away slave, but we come back fighting. Million and one. Marching is probably all we'll ever get to do. And they gotta know that nobody's gonna let them fight. <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> let you take your regiment out to fight. Yeah! When? Just as soon as I can write the orders. Boys, just turn right on and you let us head on up there where the real fight is. You should have seen us in action two days ago. We were a sight to see. Okay, so based on our kind of overwhelming, overwhelmingly positive review of this movie, I'm going to make an assumption and say this is probably not the first time we're each seeing this movie. Is there anybody out of the, the group of us that are here, is there anybody for whom this was the first time you watched this movie? No. No. Okay. All right. So we all said awesome. We all said inspiring. So what is it? Let's start with that. Before we even get into the actors, the performances, the, the filming of the movie, the music, the just everything that comes together to make this a great movie, what is it about this movie? So when you gave your quick non-spoiler uh, sentence or phrase, what is the first thing you think of when you think of this movie? Well, I, I think it's, it's an amazing film on just a whole bunch, a whole bunch of different levels. And um, just, just the story itself... I mean, getting away from the music and the cinematography and the acting and the, you know, special effects and everything like that. Just historically speaking, it's a pretty fascinating topic. One, you know, an African-American uh, army regiment. Two, uh, there there's so many little rabbit holes that you could jump down if you wanted to in, in what they present to you. I mean, first you could study the you know, the real history of the 54th Massachusetts uh, Regiment. You could explore the whole thing when he says, hey, you know, Colonel Shaw, did you hear what Lincoln did? He, the Emancipation Proclamation, he freed the slaves. He did. Well, not all of them, not in the border states, but all the ones in the South, they're freed. Well, now, if, you don't, if you're not a student of the Civil War, it's like, oh, well, he only freed some of the slaves? What? So you can go and research that. You look at the different commanders, you know, you've got him from the... Um, uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, New England, and then you have the other uh, lieutenant colonel from Kentucky, and just the way that they treat 
the African slaves or former slaves, I should say, mm -hmm. uh, differently. That provides a jumping off point. Um, you know, there's so many different, th just the warfare. I want to, I want to take a look at, you know, what warfare was like in the civil war. Well, that shows it. Um, you know, it's really, it's really just, they, it, they put so much in there, but the movie flows very nicely. I mean, it's not like it, you're watching an eight hour documentary. That's like, okay, we've got, we got to trim this down. But then also you don't get this, you don't get like a, like a hodgepodge kind of feeling where they're trying to talk about a bunch of different topics. Anything that's pertinent is mentioned so that, you know, if your ears perk up, you could go research it, but it just flows together into such a cohesive whole movie. Um, yeah, it's, I, I think that's the first thing that stands out to me um, is just how much, how much uh, different history and trivia and, and, and information they can pack in. Um, pack into it and still have a cohesive story. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it, it definitely plays as a history lesson. Um, like if you watch that in class, I mean, I don't know how anybody can not be, you know, you're educated and you're also like, uh, again, like the ins inspiring words we're using and, um, emotional. I think I cry every time I see this at some point. Yeah, I think I'm crying now thinking of it. <laughs> no, I mean seriously, like the part, and and it's one of those movies that without again, I know we're we've already given the spoiler alert, correct? Yeah, yeah. Okay, it's one of those movies that at the end you're just hoping mm -hmm. that there's a different that that somehow you could change the ending. Mm -hmm. and, and I think a Braveheart. I think of you know like there's movies where you're just like, yep. the ending. No, no, this has to happen. No, no, no. Like they have they have to win. Like something has mm -hmm. to happen. Um, differently at the end you're hoping for it every time because you care in, about the characters so much that you can't accept their their fate even though it's inspiring and everything else you still you're still just pulling for them and just it's it, it's every single time yeah i i've seen the, i don't know how many times i've seen this movie but every time i see the uh, similar to the thought that i wish something different would happen at the end of this movie every time i watch it the other thing, every time I watch this movie, there are certain scenes of this movie that just break your heart every time. Yes. Yeah. And in particular, when he has to, you know, when, when Shaw whip. is the commander and he, when they have to whip, whip uh, yep, that Denzel one Washington's Denzel. character. Yeah. And then when he, you know, when his friend Thomas comes to talk to him and he has to turn him away and say, you know, soldiers who want to address their yeah. superior officer must get permission and that's after he's been struck in the face and he was crying and and yep. breaking down just those yeah. scenes those I, moments yeah. every time i watch this movie i'm just like that hurts <laughs> yeah like just oh man that's yeah 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 and just i mean and again probably jumping towards the, just the scene with uh broader grace gets off the horse and just mm -hmm. just yeah, yeah it's Mm -hmm. it's the type of thing that you wish that you would do if you were given those situations that they were in. Yeah. So which, it which makes you aspire to be, you know, in the words of the Jack Nicholson movie, be a better man. Right. Which supposedly he did. He, Shaw really did do in real life that he yeah. jumped, he jumped off his horse and he stood with his men. And, yep. and that was the thing that I had not read before this, um, before watching it this time was that apparently, uh, it, it was in, it was in some notes on the movie, maybe on IMDb or, or Wikipedia or somewhere. 
but that when he died in the assault on Fort Wagner, that the Confederates um, dumped him in a mass grave with the other African-American soldiers because they thought that would be insulting. And yeah. uh, his dad, I think it was his dad, uh, heard about that and said, no, actually that probably would have been a very proud moment for him to know that he was buried alongside his men, regardless of what color they were. Yeah. I thought, you know what, that's kind of, you don't expect to hear those kind of stories from 130 years ago or 150 ish years ago. Um, you know, you don't expect to hear those kind of stories given the difficult history of race we've had in our country. Difficult to say the least. Um, but just, and, and, the, and the fact to find out that a lot of his, as they were reading a lot of his letters, it's just taken word for word from a lot of his letters. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I just. And that's, I think, what kicks in, too, is that, you know, when you, like, I remember looking, I, I, you've got more of the history on it right now, but when I first saw this way back in the day, like, back at the time it actually probably came out, I remember looking up so much to see, like, okay, I was just moved by this story so much. Mm-hmm. How how much of it is Hollywood? Right. How much of it is real? And when you find out how much of it is apparently real and based on those letters, and I remember thinking, wow, this is like pretty darn accurate. Yeah. yeah. Then you're even more in awe because you're like, you know, you figure it's Hollywood embellishment to make you feel something. And, and you know, and even like Braveheart has a lot of that going on and stuff that mm-hmm. you look at. Uh, you look at this story and you're like, just it's just amazing. Like you don't need to write anything else in it stands alone as an inspiring you know uh, um awestruck type of film it's mm-hmm. so that's that's the, that's the the power of it i think and that's it's definitely one of my you know i know we've done those top 10 lists or you guys did them i don't think i ever got to do mine but it's one of the ones that always jumps in my probably top 10 lists mm-hmm. oh yeah how do you change it because that comes back to my criteria for a lot of those is how how would you make this better you can't i can't you can't. Like you, I mean, you can't remake this. You can't do it better. You can't have a better cast. You can't have a better soundtrack. You have a better story. And the fact that it's based on so much reality, um, it's just the ultimate perfect story. So whoever said perfection at the beginning was, was pretty uh, pretty spot on. And and the scenes just build so well. I mean, you know, that I think you were talking about Fort Wagner and, and all that the assault on Fort Wagner, just the way that that whole thing builds up with him looking out into the ocean and it's just peaceful and almost, and then, you know, it pans over and they start that slow, you know, they go at the quick step and then at the double quick and then pretty much it's charge and the music and everything just really, I mean, it, it really brings you into the story and not with CGI and not with surround sound and not with, you know, 3D, not to, not to, not to roast any of those things, but it doesn't require that. It's just really, really well shot and supported with the music and well acted. I mean, it, it really, it really sucks you in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, before we go on to talking, because I, I did want to talk after something you said, Dennis, about um, the actors. Uh, Bo, did we get kind of your initial reaction for it? Yeah, I mean, everything Dennis said and Pat said is true. This movie just, it can move you on so many levels that sometimes the movies like this are hard to talk about because you don't know really where to where to begin, yeah. you know? Yeah. 
so I did want to, I, I wanted to kind of jump to that, Dennis, because you mentioned the actors. Like, what, what would you replace about this movie? And I will say the first time that I watched this, because I, I didn't watch this as a kid. Um, the first time I watched this, I was a little bit older. It might have been high school, maybe college. Um, and I think that one of my first thoughts was, hmm, Matthew Broderick as a leader in the Civil War. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. But then when I realized, because I did some of the same things you did, and I looked it up, and I was like, oh, well, no, actually, Shaw was 25 when he died, so he was really young yeah. for a yeah. leader. Um, and actually, Matthew Broderick does a great job in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's not, I, I think that, I don't know, I, I don't know if, if for his part, I don't know if I can tell the difference between some of his, some of the acting in the movie on his part does at moments seem a little wooden, but I also wonder if part of that is just a very, you know, as a, as a person in actual history, if he was feeling out of place commanding this, you know, regiment of African American soldiers, was it being a little shell shocked from Antietam? Was it, you know, so was he acting that or was some of his acting a little wooden other than that? I, that's the only criticism I have of this movie is that j- there are times when I'm not sure if Matthew Broderick has the strongest performance, but everybody else in this movie is amazing. Hmm. I actually, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I've always felt that he does a great, like, like I said, when you, I think I, like you said the same thing, looking up in the age and he was a younger person, but to me, I think, uh, I thought he does a nice job in creating kind of the struggle that he's going through of trying to, you know, like his moral you know, his moral upbringing and his moral well, his sense of values and morals of what he thinks is right. But also, you know, he's, he's be, has to be in command and there's a certain order that has to happen in the military. And, right. And you kind of have to be detached. Two, and then detaching, but then also not detaching when it becomes an issue of racism. And it's not, you know, just orders or whatever, that those orders are wrong. Yeah. Um, so I think he does a really good job because he's like not necessarily 100% brave all the time about it, but he knows and he's trying to pick his battles of what to fight and when to fight. And he knows he's in a hard place and he's trying to get them to get kind of understand that as well. And, and I think the sense of empathy comes across mm-hmm. for me. So I, 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 yeah, I thought, I thought his performance was good. I mean, okay. you've seen it more recently than I have. So, um, I think I've seen it last about, it was about a year ago, probably a year or two ago. So I didn't watch it all just now, um, but it was about within the last year or two with the kids and stuff. And I mean, the kids thought it was great. Is there anybody from the rest of this cast? And, and this question is for everybody here. Um, is this is there anybody in this cast that you look at right away and you just immediately leap to their performance as being the strongest one? And I think, you know, at the very beginning, uh, Bo, was it you that just immediately said Denzel Washington? You know, is he the one that we leap to as being the performance in this movie, or is, or is there somebody else? You know, I probably would have said Denzel back a few years back, but rewatching it again, I something about Andre Brower yeah, was, was so awesome. Maybe I couldn't appreciate it a few years ago when I saw this movie, but. And maybe it's appreciation of Andre Brower himself seeing him now more often um, in a completely different role. But he just was amazing in this movie. Yeah. Well, and I think that he's got an interesting um, 
interesting character in it where Denzel Washington, I think, yeah, I think Denzel's phenomenal. I think it's great, but I think his character was probably one that we may have seen before. Like, sure. Where yeah. I think, you know, he's playing that angry, you know, and, and, and to, to a great degree. And then uh, Andre Brower has the education and the, he's on both sides. He's, he's kind of in the middle a little bit and, uh, and navigating, I think those waters was, was probably a tougher role to do in some ways. Well, and those two, they're, I mean, the characters are just is he accepted, polar opposites. Because he also seems like, to a certain degree during that film, he's like not necessarily 100% accepted or he's questioned by the African-American troops. And he's also not one of the white troops, you know, and, and, but he's educated and he, like, he's kind of like this in-between character. Um, and he's not quite accepted by anybody right away. In some ways, I feel like there's a little bit of that. Like, so it's a tougher waters to navigate. Well, I love. Where you know I, where Denzel Washington stands. You know where you know mm -hmm. a lot of these other people stand, and he kind of seems like he's sort of like in between. He's not quite accepted by either group. And when I say accepted, I mean he has like you know, are you one of us? Or are you one of them? Type of thing for both. Well, that's why I like that scene where they're marching and they they come across the field slaves that just recently you know yeah. got got out, and and uh, Morgan Freeman is having to translate for him. Yeah, because he doesn't understand what they're saying. Yeah. Yeah. That I had forgotten about that scene until I saw it again. I found myself quite amused. So, is there? Do we have a? Do we have a favorite scene in this movie? Is there something that jumps out to you? I know we've. Yeah, uh, I don't remember who said it a few minutes ago, but everything, all the parts of this movie just kind of build on each other. Um, I didn't have a chance to look it up, but I I would be very curious to see, and not just because it's a Denzel Washington movie, and not just because it has similar. Um, you know, ramifications for race issues. This movie, watching it this time, especially after having watched um, Remember the Titans several times over the last few years, they just have very similar, it's a very similar feel to both of those movies. And I, I wanted to go look and see if, if any of the like producers or anybody else were, were in common between those two movies. Um, because it just, it very much, I feel the same way about Remember the Titans, that it's each piece of that movie just very well builds on the others and you know and, and and maybe it is just because it's also you know a movie about black and white interacting at a time when that was not the norm um but yeah so i i don't know if i can think of a favorite scene in the movie i i would say maybe the scene where he's going into the uh he goes into the um um, I'm blanking on the right word, but where they keep all the supplies, uh, mm -hmm. the quartermaster. Yes. Yeah. It goes into the quartermaster and, uh, is trying to get the guy's shoes. And yeah. I, I love that scene. I love that, you know, the, the fact that he's got all the guys guarding the door for him when he goes in and he comes out and he just smiles. And then you get like, I don't know if it was right away the next scene, but you get the next scene where they bring the wagon in and they're, they're tossing the shoes off the wagon. And, um, you know, I just, I really like that scene. I like, I like how that scene all plays out. Um, in terms of a scene that just hits me every time is the scene where Denzel Washington is being whipped for being a deserter. And just, just the fact that he stares down Matthew Broderick the entire time does not you know his gaze does not waver at all yeah yeah and there's a tear doesn't then there's some tears coming down right right yeah, well like and one tear right and i did read that they actually they did that scene um 
with an actual whip. They actually whipped Denzel Washington. They did not have, um, you know, spikes or anything else on the whip, but it was a whip that was going to cause some pain. It was going to sting a little bit. And the director had them keep going with that until he saw Denzel Washington kind of shed a tear. And he's like, well, let's go just a tiny bit further. And so I think they did whip him like one or two more times just to kind of get that, that when they saw that tear coming out of his eye. Mm-hmm. And that's what they ended up using. But they did actually whip him yeah. in real yeah. life to get that. Um, but that scene, just the fact that he stares him down, that it, it did, his gaze does not move. And what that shows from a character, I'm, I'm not even just thinking the actor now, but the character is he's seen worse. Like, yeah. you know, this is almost not even a... I don't, I don't want to say it's not yeah. a punishment, but it's like, well, maybe what I did, I'm. this is easy. Like I've had worse, so go ahead, give me, give me your worst because it's not going to be as bad as what I've gone through before. Yeah. And that just that scene gets me every time. That's that's a good scene. Yeah. yeah, that's a that's a powerful scene. All right, I'll jump in next because before somebody, I don't know if somebody will catch this one. For me, it's um, it's, and maybe it's because the 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 night before is the big kind of religious celebration with the speeches where they all gather around and they volunteer to go and lead this charge up uh, up that hill. Um, which they know is pretty much heavy casualties. And, uh, and it's the moment where, you know, and like, I was even thinking about this and literally like I was fighting back a tear. I haven't seen the movie right now, but it's like the part, cause I just remember this one so well. It's when, it's when, when, when Shaw and the 54th lead the attack and, um, they're basically, they're, they're on their way to the battlefield and the 54th is cheered by the, the same union troops that were like giving yeah. them all crap before. Give them so hell, that 54th. moment of like, yeah, give them hell. Like they like are supporting, like, and they're walking yeah. up and there was this amount of pride that they had, you know, and, and respect and everything that they finally got. And the only sad way is that they got it is that they pretty much are almost practically going for like a suicide mission here. Um, but that was what they wanted and they knew that and they were aware of it because you knew the night before as they were kind of, you know, um, psyching themselves up for this. It's like, uh, yeah, we're, we're in for some shit tomorrow. Um, but when they start walking to the battlefield and the union troops that were scorning them and yelling at them and, and everything else, and basically so rough on them before had now respected them. I think that's just a, that just, that moment just is, 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 a, is probably one of the more powerful to me. Yeah. Because it's kind of what the goal of them, it's like the mission of the movie to a certain degree. They've been trying to get respect. They want to fight. They want to do, they want to be, you know, and, and then finally now they have, have it and it's going to cost them their lives, but it still does something to them and changes them. And and that's why when Broderick gets off his horse and just boom, goes right up there too with him. It's like, geez. I think if I had to pick a favorite scene, mine's probably before that. Mine's the, the tent scene where you meet everybody. Mm, yeah um you get the scene where andre brower comes in and there's the kid with the drum and there's the um morgan freeman's in the back trying to keep the peace and denzel's mouthing off yeah that that tent scene has my favorite kind of exchange in the movie one of my favorite lines in the movie when they ask denzel's character uh where are you from and he says i'm from tennessee i ran away when i was about 12 and i never looked back and then Schartz says, what you doing since then? And he says, I run for president. Ran for president. And everybody just yes. kind of looks at him. He's like, I didn't win, didn't though. Didn't win, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good stuff. You know, we, we were talking about that final battle and, and the drama, and I, I agree, that, that scene gets me every time. Um, I'll tell you, I like the scene where they're all around the campfire the night before, 
And yeah. I mean, just because it's 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 such a powerful scene, a, but b, here's going to be the, the 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 music the music geek side of me. I mean, you talk about you know like a uh, showing like a predecessor to American blues and American jazz music. It's all right there, and it's really great to you know when you're trying to describe it to kids to just show them that scene and say that's the roots of so much of our music that we listen to. I mean, anything, you know, from hip hop to rock to rap to whatever comes through jazz and blues, which came through, you know, those spirituals and work songs and all those things that you're listening to right there. And so um, I really like that scene. I mean, like I said, I think the scene works, you know, for the sake of the movie um, and it shows off, you know, uh, that the, the African slave culture and and how that you know one of the one of the foundations of of our american culture you know with with music so i'd like that scene a whole lot so and then that can kind of take us right into music so the music in this it's james horner we've talked a lot about james horner he's done a lot of the different movies we've covered on the show so far um i will say for this movie i wish i had seen this movie first because when I hear the soundtrack to this movie, I just think, oh, cool, Braveheart. Mm. Now, that's not a knock on this movie, and it's not a knock on Braveheart. I love both of those. But it's one of those, and we've talked about it before, it's one of those examples of you hear a few different James Horner movies, movie scores, and you're like, oh, okay, yeah, he clearly likes to, to reuse some of his stuff. And and again, that's not that's not a knock on it at all. It's I still love the music in this. I do love some of the, um, you know, in some of the battle scenes, he adds the choir piece to it that uh-huh. I don't think you get in Braveheart. Um, but you just see, I mean, there are very similar, you know, it's got that similar uh, section with the bells. We you know kind of when they're going into battle, it's the same as when they're charging the battlefield in Braveheart. Um, and it just, I think it just works because Braveheart's another movie that I absolutely love that movie. It's inspiring. It's it's everything we've mentioned with this movie is the same way I feel about that one. And so for both of those to have similar soundtracks, I think that just, that's totally fine with me. Like, I don't have a problem with that. Um, but since, Pat, since you opened the door by talking about music, let's yeah. let's take a minute and talk about James Horner. So, um, yeah, that's the only thing I'd say about the, the music for this one is... I wish I had seen this movie before seeing Braveheart because I do, I don't want to shortchange this movie, but I do hear the music and I think, oh, it's the same music as Braveheart. But Braveheart was after. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I saw it before, so to me, I've got the opposite okay. perspective. Okay. Yeah, does the music, so I, this maybe is kind of a silly question because we've already, I think we've already said a little bit of this, but what does the music do for you in this movie? I, I really like this soundtrack. This was one of the first soundtracks I think I picked up. As a um, as something to listen to, yeah, it was yeah. one of the same. And yeah. and I just, um, you know, this the choir, yeah, yeah. the choir piece. Uh, I think that really adds a whole lot. I like how they work in the Civil War marching tunes. You know, the flute and drum mm-hmm. uh, core kind of stuff, and then how they'll it'll that will be playing while they're marching. So it's like part of the scene. The music's like in the scene, but then it just kind of transitions into the overall score. And I like that. I like that uh, the way they do that. And to me, it uh, to my ears, it sounds fresh. Now I don't know if I saw this before Braveheart or not, um, but to me, all of this music sounds very unique. So mm. I, I mean, 
I, I'm kind of, and maybe I just need to listen to Braveheart again. See, I almost get a little bit more of like Braveheart and Titanic the same. Um, huh. Okay. But, uh, and it's just, it's, it's, there's no right or wrong. I'm not trying to say that. Yeah. Um, the only thing that sounds like something else is the very end, what they play during the credits when they show that bronze uh, uh, um, plaque that's up yeah, in yeah. Boston. And uh, it's, um, uh, when they're playing that music, it sounds like the end of Backdraft. Like, that's the only similarity. But again, I saw this first, so okay. this kind of, this sounds like the original to me. Yeah. And I would agree because I saw it first. So the other ones, if anything, follow sound more like the copy. Yeah, I don't know if you're doing the scene again too. The, the other yeah. scene that I also, I, and, or maybe it's the quotes, but it's the um, if you ain't careful, that's all you'll ever be. Where he, the scene where he mm-hmm. kind of tells Denzel Washington off when he, and when he's giving uh, Brower trouble. Yeah. yeah, and he goes off and he gets up and it's. I think that that scene always sort of stuck with me too because again the look that Denzel Washington as he delivers that last line to him uh, to Denzel. He just stares out, and you can see something's clicking inside. Mm-hmm. So what? What's his name? Just said, you know, you have all this hatred, you have all this thing in the world. And he talked mm-hmm. about, you know, I buried all these men. They're fighting for you, and da, da, da. and if you know, if you ain't careful, that's all you're ever going to be. It's just such a great, you know, wise older guy telling off the kind of the young angry boy. Uh, maybe it's that that speech is sometimes want to say to certain kids, you know, as a teacher sometimes, but. Right. Uh, he's able to just tell it, and he just does it in such a way. And the impact you can see on Denzel's face, uh, where they just hold on. He's almost, almost tearing up there, and even in fact, he's a little glassy-eyed and kind of just staring off. And they they just leave that on him for a second. He's just staring almost right past what's his name. Mm-hmm. Like you could tell he's in some deep thought of what he just said. Mm-hmm. I always like that scene. Yeah. This this has probably the most silence that we have after somebody makes comments. <laughs> yeah, I, it's, I'm just, I think we're all. It still all just sinks in. I think yeah. it's it's the it's movie like, mm, makes you yeah. think enough, and then the mm. things other people say make you think a little more. And... I'm just yeah. re- I'm just replaying it in my head. Like I'm just going. Yeah. It it's it really is a is a moving and powerful film. It just really really can stick just, with you. They keep on grabbing the flag at the end. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Like just. If this man falls, who will pick up the flag? Yes. Yep. Yep. And and, and I'm telling you, the first time I saw that movie, because I had no idea how it ends, um, I I really was like, didn't know. I was, I think I was just in a mood for a while after, because I really thought, I knew some of them were going to die, mm-hmm. but I thought they'd take the hill. And then when they put the, the thing at the end that the hill was never, I think it was never taken, right? Right. Right. Yeah. Like there, you're you're waiting. You're like even that, you're just going. But the hill was never taken. Like it yeah. never. I need to see that it was taken, and they took a part in that victory. So why did and you make it, this movie? Had, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, like they lost. Yeah. And and you're going, but they didn't lose. So it was a conflicting feeling of you wanted this traditional, mm-hmm. you know, good ending, and and it is, but not in the way that you were expecting it as you were watching it. And I might be, I might be off. You have to be happy with the fact that when they lay Matthew Broderick's body down and it lands next to, and he just kind of rolls over and it's the body there. And and to me, that's like, unfortunately it's your good ending. Yeah. Yeah. That's what you have to take. And I might be, I might be wrong, but I don't think that they ever took the fort and I don't think they ever needed a fort. I think they just bypassed it. I I think Mm -hmm. it was kind of a, of a waste. Yeah. Well, apparently they never, they needed it in the end, but I'm saying like for the movie, you thought that was such an important fort that they had to take. Well, but my, but my point is in real life (laughs) that cost the lives of how many hundreds of men. And it was, 
uh, not needed. We didn't need it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, and that's, you know, when you when you watch those things, you just see it's more more grist for the mill or whatever the. I mean, it's just they're getting, they're just getting chewed up, and you, you know, you look at the loss of life, and they they talk about one of the battles that they talk about in there. They mention Fredericksburg. And if you look at what happened at the Battle of Fredericksburg, the South had the high ground and they were all like dug in and, and hiding behind fences and trees and everything like they had cover. And the Union tried to march, I think, like three or four times, just march into the South. And they just they literally just got cut to pieces marching across the field. And the commanding general at the time just up, oh, send another wave in. We'll get him this time. Yeah. And it, it's just like. At, at what point, at what point is this like, like, you know, what's your malfunction? I mean, what, like, mm-hmm. what are we doing here? I mean, this is not working. Yeah. Well, that's, and, and I feel like they, they give you a little bit of a heads up earlier on in the movie when Shaw and Trip, Denzel Washington's character, are having a conversation and they have that little back and forth of, um, you know, what's the point? Nobody's going to win this. It's going to go on and on. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, it can't, can't go on forever. Yeah, but nobody's going to win this. And I feel like that's a little bit of a, like, that may be the, if you're seeing this for the first time, that may be a little bit of the director giving you a, a hint that, well, things aren't going to quite work out. You know, not everybody's going to make it out of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kind of like when we, we were just, we were just watching uh, Rogue One again um, about a week ago. And just that, just that one point when they're leaving the ship when they're on the on the uh, Scarif planet, they're leaving the ship, and he looks back at the pilot and says, "You know, stay here. You're our only way off this place." You're like, "Okay, well, clearly something's going to happen to him, and they're not going to get off, and then it's all right. going to go bad." See, and I, I when I saw, heard that speech, I thought that was almost kind of like a, you know, this isn't going to resolve race relations in this country. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, the character of Trip is not going to be, you know. You know, it wasn't supposed to be this omniscient, could see 100 years into the future. But I mean, I think that's where this movie just succeeded so well in giving you stuff to think about. And okay, well, what happened? Were the slaves freed and suddenly everything, you know, everyone lived happily ever after? Well, no, it didn't quite work out that way. You know, I mean, fast forward to what's been going on in just the last couple of years. I, you know, it, it really. It, it it can initiate that deeper conversation. Yeah, we might win here, but that's that's not going to change anything. Yeah, you know, we're we're still going to be fighting and you know for equality, our lives, or or what have you. So, a lot of very deep messages and you know big questions that that this movie presents. I think in a very clear cut way. All right. Well, if we don't have anything else, uh, we'll jump on into our five questions. He asks each traveler five questions. It's impossible to answer. Impossible because you don't know the answer. Nobody could answer that question. You've got to ask yourself one question. What are you asking me for? I don't know. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. So our five questions this time. Uh, Question number one, 
What is your favorite piece of trivia related to the Civil War? So is there a particular, not even necessarily from this movie or from this story, is there something related to the Civil War that just, when you heard it for the first time, you were like, huh, that's kind of cool. Oh, does it have to be cool or can it be... Oh, it doesn't have to be cool. I mean, just something okay. something that interested you. So here's mine. Yeah. Missouri sent 39 regiments to fight in the siege of Vicksburg, Mississippi. 17 to the Confederacy and 22 to the Union. <laughs> yeah, Missouri. That's not a if that if that's not the Civil War in microcosm, mm-hmm. I don't know what is. So, and I'll I'll jump in right after you said that cuz Missouri, I have a lot of family that lives in Missouri and um a lot of the that's one of the things that's interesting about those states the border states is you look at missouri you look at parts of arkansas uh, and we've been to several of the battlefields um actually my my mom lives just like a couple miles away from one of the battlefields in uh, southwest missouri and there's very much a back and forth like it's very much you could almost this zigzag path of, well, here's Union stuff, here's Confederate stuff, here's Union, here's Confederate. And it was just as this back and forth constantly um, between the two sides. And these being the particular states where you had a lot of that, you know, they always talk about the Civil War being, you know, brothers fighting brother and families fighting family. I think that was really true in states like Missouri because you very much had that divide. Um, and actually, that's my part of my interesting trivia is related to Missouri too. Cause my dad, um, for years before he passed away, he had been gathering research. He wanted to write a book on the civil war in, in the County that he grew up in, in Southwest Missouri, uh, grew up in a, a County called Barry County. And one of the interesting things about Barry County, and I, I hope I've got this right. Um, the town that a lot of my mom's side of the family and that's my mom and dad met in that town uh went to high school together this little town called Cassville Missouri has maybe a grand total of 2000 people in it maybe maybe 3000 by now uh was the capital of the confederacy for a week cuz they were at that point they were on the run so they would they'd set up a, a capital they were there for a little bit and then as soon as the union was coming in they're like well pack it up and so they packed up and they were, they were on the run. But my dad, actually, I have it all in several boxes out in uh, a storage room that we've got that I, all of his research, all of his Civil War stuff from Missouri and Arkansas and Oklahoma and, and just that whole area, I don't have any time to go through it right now. I, I don't, you know, I'm probably not going to write the book that he wanted to write, but I have stacks and stacks and stacks of history and genealogy and all that other stuff of, of people in our family or people in that part of Missouri that were, you know, in some way involved in the civil war. Very cool. But, but that's mine that the town that I lived in for one year and that most of my family is from was the capital of the Confederacy for about a week. All right. I'm going to go with, uh, well for me, I mean, and again, I'm one is one I knew before. And then I, did kind of look up one based on the question just to make sure like i'm like ah is that one everybody else knows one was the amount that like and i want to see if it was still true was um that more people died uh more more men died in the in, in the civil war um with all the other wars you know combined and all the world war one world that that more men died in that and i was always like the the method of killing seems so slow 
Um, you know, like the rifles, the accuracy, I always knew that was always an issue. You could only shoot from a certain distance and, you know, like and all that. And, and, and you didn't have big explosions and I mean, you had cannons, but you didn't have the same, you know, type of bombs that we have now. And I always thought like, how did that possibly happen? Um, but then when you find out that two thirds of the men died from disease, you know, oh, cause yeah. they were in these close camps, marching together, there was malaria, mm-hmm. there was mumps, measles, they were catching all these things because it was just a breeding ground for everything. So two thirds of the men you know, in a in a battle that uh, that lost that 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 we lost the most men, and the fact that it was two thirds by disease. So I kind of already knew a little bit about that one. The one that I when I looked up some stuff to see if that was even you know true still, and if it was accurate, and how did because I was like, how does that? I, I always heard that, but it always kind of stuck me as odd because again, the killing method seems so basic. You know, if you're fighting with a you're if you're going hand to hand or you're not going to kill as many people versus somebody who's got like some mass assault rifle, you know, and, and, um, machine gun type of situation. But I know they had stuff, but it wasn't, it seemed as as accurate. But anyway, uh, the other one was the fact that Lincoln had gotten shot at before. That was the one I discovered. I was like, what? I guess two years he almost got killed. He got, he, I guess he, um, he was out with his horse somewhere and, and somehow a shot rang out and, and uh, it threw his hat off, basically, and, and the, the horse kicked, and he came flying in. And when they retrieved his hat, it had a bullet hole in it. Hmm. And he uh, he told them not to tell Mary because he you know he was worried <laughs> that she would you know obviously be like freaking out and stuff. Mm-hmm. So two years before, he almost got killed. That 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 was one I found. That was based on the History Channel. So wasn't hmm. wasn't there one thing he was out looking at the Union battlements or something, and he poked his head up over a wall? I'd heard that too that he poked his head up just to kind of look. And another shot rang out and someone yelled. They didn't realize it was the president. And they said, get down, you damn fool. And like there were bullets flying. <laughs> and he just kind of poked his head up because he was curious, you know. And I don't know. I It was, you know, another version of the same story or whatever. But... This one was he was out by it. He was now he was out like uh, I said, after exhausting day at the White House, Lincoln mm-hmm. rode alone by horse to the soldier's home, his family's summer residence. Private at the gate heard a gunshot ring out. Moments later, the horse galloped into the compound with a bareheaded Lincoln clinging to his steed. Lincoln explained that the gunshot had gone off at the foot of the hill, sending the horse galloping so fast it knocked his hat off. Two soldiers retrieved Lincoln's hat, which had a bullet hole right through it. The president asked the guards to keep the incident under wraps. He didn't want to worry his wife, Mary. Yeah. <laughs> that was 1863, two years before he was assassinated. So that, that, that to me was like, well, you know. So I discovered that because of the podcast. So Yeah. Yeah, you mentioned. I, I'll jump in for just a second. You mentioned um, you mentioned some stuff about different battles. The um, have you guys been to the Abraham Lincoln Library and Museum in Springfield? Yeah, yeah, at some point, yeah. They have they have this really cool map that goes through. I, both of my kids were just mesmerized by this. They have this really cool map that goes through and shows like a time lapse of the battles in the Civil War and just shows kind of the the shifting lines of they show little explosions when there's a major battle and it just shows the lines shifting between how much territory the union has versus the Confederacy has. And, um, I think just a lot of the, if anybody is, is ever, anybody listening to this is ever planning to visit, um, and they want to visit a museum that talks about the civil war. I think that that museum has some great civil war stuff in it. Yeah. I, well, well, I, I don't know. You know, it's funny. There's just so much, there's so much to it, you know, and like Dennis was, was you know, as Dennis was talking about the, um, uh, uh, you know, like the, the amount of people that died versus, you know, getting injured in battle slash uh, disease and all that. What what amazes me is that it's it like the whole thing came down to just a war of attrition, you know, 
Grant didn't, General Grant, when he kind of gave the final push to defeat the Confederacy, he didn't like have some, you know, super secret strategy that like, you know, outwitted them or anything like that. It was just, I have more men and we're going to keep marching at you until, you know, we end up killing more of you than us. Like, do you get what I'm saying? It was just, and, and, and I, I, I don't know. That's, it's just, it's hard to, it's hard to wrap your brain around it. You know, and I mean, I haven't ever lived through combat or a war or any of that kind of thing. So I would imagine that it's even harder to wrap your brain around it if, if you lived through something like that. But that was the one of the things that just always, you know, it's kind of like a stumbling block. And I'm not naive enough to think that, oh, well, it's all like in the action movies. But, you know, you always just think that, oh, well, you know, as a kid growing up and you'd read about this, oh, well, you know, there was a superior strategy. And it really, when it came right down to it, no, not not so not much. Really. <laughs> we just kept marching at it, and you know, we we might have lost more people, but we had more people to you know lose than the South, mm-hmm. and I, yeah. So, and then the only other thing I was going to mention was with Abraham Lincoln. I just read a book called um, uh, uh, "Team of Rivals," which oh yeah, really I've heard of it or read it. It's amazing, but just everything Lincoln did to keep the union together during that and how he got the emancipation proclamation passed and how things came down. And it really was, I mean, he was just like this great compromiser that really was able to kind of get the best out of people and get everybody on the same page, the middle ground and and keep moving ahead. You know, the, the abolitionists weren't happy because he wasn't moving fast enough with that. But the people that were pro-slave but still part of the union, you know, he was able to keep them in so the union wouldn't collapse. I mean, it was really, it was a very, uh, it's very interesting to see just everything that Lincoln did to keep the union together and keep it moving ahead. All right. uh, Question number two. Best movie about a war that takes place before the 20th century? I'm going to, I know mine, so I'll go ahead and do mine real quick. I'm going to say Braveheart, but I'm going to say if it's related to the Civil War and I and I'm skipping this one because we're talking about this one. Uh, I'm going to say Cold Mountain. Okay. I, I really like that movie. I, my wife loves that book. She read that book way before it was a movie. Um, oddly enough, actually one of her assignments in high school, she read that book in high school, and one of the assignments was to cast the movie, and she said the actual Hollywood movie got it totally wrong. Hers was much better. Um, I don't remember who she had cast in her movie, but um, I don't think it was Nicole Kidman and Jude Law. Um the reason I would choose, if I was doing Civil War, I would choose Cold Mountain, is because I really like what that movie does with the people who are not soldiers. Like, just the the image that you get of the everyday people. Like, what's going on in the lives of the people that are left behind that are not part of the battles. Um, one scene in particular, my dad always told me that um, for some of the family that we would have had that would have lived in that part of the world, that actually the woman... Have you guys seen that movie? Um, I think I did. Okay. There's a scene. I remember it. Okay. There's a scene in that movie where Jude Law's character is traveling. He's trying to get back home, um, after kind of deserting the battlefield. And he ends up coming across this woman who lives, she just kind of lives by herself. She's out in the hills and she's got her herd of goats and it's just her and her herd of goats. And she 
you know, she uses those goats as both pets and meat and milk and cheese and everything, everything she needs. Um, and she just lives out in the mountains and, and that's just her life. And I remember my dad telling me, he's like, well, actually, you know, your grandfather and I have done some genealogy stuff and, you know, a decent portion of some of our relatives would have lived exactly like that. They would have just been in the hills, just living off their herd of goats or whatever they had. And, you know, not necessarily, not in the cities, not in the towns like everybody else. We had a few people that were just hill folk when they just, that's how they would have lived. So I always thought that was kind of cool just to be able to see, because you don't typically see that in a lot of other movies that, that tend to be war movies. It, it tends to be much more about the soldiers and the battle. And I just thought that that movie did a really good job of showing the other people, mm -hmm. like what, what's going on in the lives of the people that are left behind. Um, but just, if we're just talking straight up war movie before the 20th century, I, I gotta go Braveheart because that's one of my favorite movies of all time. Well, while not totally a war movie, the military is involved. Um, I've always been a Dances with Wolves fan. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so yeah, I and I guess there's a kind of a loose, uh, like, yeah, because I was asking that question, too, like, what constitutes a war movie? Sure, but, yeah, but yeah, I, I, I agree, definitely, I, agree. I definitely toe the line with Dances with Wolves, sure. Because there is a kind of a war there going, or at least a, yeah. a holocaust. Pat, you good, or you, you what do you got? I, I, I got, got two. I, I, I got this. I, I I'm mean, wondering if you're going to pick the one <laughs> I do, I just, I'm curious. Oh, gee, I, well, I'm sorry, I, uh, I'm... I'm probably forgetting something then. I'm saying glory. Unless, can we pick glory? Or do we have to pick something other than glory? Uh, do do something other than glory. Oh. Um, <laughs> then I have to defer. Okay. Okay. All right. So my first inkling was like one of the ones that popped up. Yeah, one of my favorite films as well is Braveheart. But I'm going to go with two other ones since I knew John was going to probably say that or somebody mm -hmm. would. Um, one you may not have seen, Zulu. Oh, love no, Zulu. Haven't seen that so one. Zulu, love right? Zulu. So Zulu is one. Yes. Uh, Michael Caine yes. is in that, and uh, that oh, one's oh, a good one. I, I think there's also some nostalgia because that was one of my my dad's, you know, repeated VHS tapes that got played when we were growing up. Um, and then the other one I thought maybe Pat might have gone with is I'm going to go with the Last Samurai. There you yeah. Go. I think the Last yeah. Samurai. So that's my two. Yeah, I like that one. That's a good one. Yep. Yeah, Last Samurai is really quite good. I'm just going to go ahead and defer to my older brother Dennis with that one. I was when I read <laughs> That's this. That's one I thought you were going to do. Yeah, so I gave it a shot. And I, I, you know, I was looking at uh, th when I saw this list. I'm like, oh, easy, Glory. This is my favorite one. Oh no, we got to pick something else. Shoot. Um, but no, everything you guys have mentioned, these are they're all great movies. And Zulu, I haven't seen Zulu in forever. But um, I would say, yeah, I would say Last Samurai. I mean. Well, I, this isn't a Last Samurai review podcast, so I'll just say, yeah, Last Samurai, I'd have to throw it, something like that in there. Well, it will be in a few years. Yeah, yeah, it will be. We'll, we'll um, cover that when we get to it. Yeah, was and that, I'll, What was that, 2004? Four, I think so, yeah. we got a few yeah. more years yet. Yeah, it's like 14, 15 years. Yeah. Um, no, no one said Star Wars. I'm kind of amazed by that. <laughs> well, I mean, if we were going that route, I might have said Rogue One, but... Okay, okay. Yeah. Which I almost felt kind of silly because some of the, like when you have these movies like Braveheart and Glory where you have like that that heroic charge at the end and you know that people are not going to make it out of this alive and that movie that you just wish it would change every time. Yeah. I, I feel like I feel like the sci-fi nerd who says, well, Rogue One makes me feel the same way. 
but I will tell you, I cannot, and, and we watched this a week ago with the kids because it had been about a year and a half or so since I'd, I'd watched Rogue One. Um, I cannot get through that last part of the movie without maybe um, maybe some moisture around my eyes. Because uh-huh. I just can't, that, the, particularly that scene where, um, where, where Chirrut gets up and he's got to go get that switch and he's just walking across the beach and, and chanting yeah. his, I'm one with the Force and the Force is with me. I, yeah. That whole yeah. thing, I can't make it through that scene. Yeah. And that has, I know that that's fiction and these are based on a true story, but it's got, like, it's the same feeling that I have every time I watch that one. Yeah. I I would agree with that. Yeah. The the other movie that I always think of, the one that, I don't know if you guys think of this, but uh, it's not a war, it's not, well, I mean, it takes place during the war, but it takes place in a prison camp. The other one that every time I watch it that I'm just hoping it ends differently, where it's just like, oh, come on, a little higher, a little higher, (laughs) is um, Steve McQueen in The uh, Great Escape, just with the bike. Get over, just jump the, get get over. (laughs) I know. Oh, I, like, leave my seat, I think, every time when I watch that, just, get, yeah, a little bit over See, and, and your your stipulation is that the movie is before is in the eighteen hundreds or uh, it's got to be before the twentieth century. Before the because I was going to say the sand pebbles, but I'm not sure when the sand. I think the sand pebbles that was like early nineteen hundreds. So I think that one does. I think that one doesn't qualify because that was the other one I was thinking of. Okay, so. I've never heard of that one. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, put that on your list. Tell tell me more. Uh, Steve McQueen and I. It, is it the? It's Japan, is, and I think it's. Well, it's, um, well, it's China. Um. Yeah, it's China. Mm-hmm. It's China I, I just looked. It's, I just looked it up real it's fast. It's either no. the Boxer Rebellion or. Uh, nineteen twenty-six. Oh yeah, I'm way off on that one. Mm-hmm. But it's yeah, and they're they're on a riverboat, and they have to go rescue some missionaries. What was that? I don't know why I'm thinking it was Japan. Okay, yeah, in war torn China. Okay. Well, yeah. last samurai. Maybe what's what yeah, you no, were thinking. For some of? reason, I still thought it was. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I'll I'll, uh, I'll throw that one on the on the watch list. But yeah, Dennis, thanks for helping me out. I'm taking Last Samurai. That one's okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I couldn't get you guys to do this with uh, one of our Arnold Schwarzenegger movies, but I'm gonna try again this time. I would like each of you to say the following line from the Shawshank oh, Redemption boy. in your best Morgan Freeman voice. Oh boy. Get busy living or get busy dying. <laughs> All right. It's just offensive to somebody. I, I think I'm offended. Yeah. <laughs> no one's going. No, for it. nobody's going to do it. Get busy. Yeah, I, go ahead. <laughs> I need. I need to prepare. Go ahead. Somebody I know else. it's hard to do with a straight face. Well, Dennis, you sound like you have a little bit of a cold, so you've got the right voice for it. No, I actually don't have a cold, but I think I was yelling at my kid yesterday a lot. So. Oh, well, that'll do it. Um, I'll do it, too. It helps. Mm-hmm. I think that's what Morgan Freeman does. Yeah. Mm. Get busy living or get busy dying. <laughs> that sounded like Bo. <laughs> that's what I got. That's, what can I say? <laughs> it sounded was, like Bo doing that line. That was Trying I, to do it like Bo. Actually sounded a little bit like Elvis. <laughs> oh, thanks, I think. I'm not sure, though. <laughs> do it like Marlon Brando. Get busy <laughs> Can't even do it. Get busy living. That's stuff some cotton in your mouth. Yeah. My son. Hmm. Pat? Uh, get busy living or dying. <laughs> <laughs> well, I already knew Pat was going to reject the question no matter what, so. 
man. Get busy living or get busy dying. <laughs> That's so go. bad. <laughs> <laughs> so bad. There we go. I'm gonna, now that we've offended half of our listeners, all right, that's, uh, I'm going to take all these. Along. I'm going to take all these clips and I'm going to tweet them directly to uh, Morgan Freeman and see what he thinks. Oh, <laughs> see, and the thing about John is he just might do I'm that. Not, I might do that. <laughs> or I'll tweet him to Mark Hamill and see what he thinks. I don't know. It's somebody. Oh God. I'm sure he'll have a comment or three. Sure. Sure. All right, number four, best movie about relationships between races. And I'm going to say, I already mentioned Remember the Titans earlier, and I, that originally was my first one that I was going to say, but I think I'm just going to go to To Kill a Mockingbird. Mm, very nice. I'm going to go much less, uh, much, much shallower with mine, but because it's more fun, but Driving Miss Daisy. Hmm. Something about the the simple personal relationship. It, you know, it's not it's not a big global thing. It is just one old white lady mm-hmm. <laughs> and her driver. I would say, yeah, I would say like uh, Selma, but then also is really good is The Butler. Um, okay, I haven't seen that one either. Yeah. Oh, that one's outstanding. And then, uh, oh man, I. You know, um, yeah, I guess those t- would be the two that really stand out, I think, for myself. Mm-hmm. And I guess, you know what, I didn't word this question that the relationship has to be positive. So I might even throw in the movie Get Out. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, that you I, there's obviously a message. Yeah, I haven't seen that yet. I've heard okay. great things, though. Because there's, there's a message about relationships between races in that movie but uh-huh. the what you see in the movie is not positive but that's part of the message mm-hmm. so yeah I, I guess i could throw that one in there too because I, I didn't rest i didn't specify that it was positive relationships between races you thought of one dennis i mean one of my favorite i mean it's i guess it's not necessarily race relations but there was one called the war um but that was more the kids. But I, I'm gonna go. I'm I'm gonna skip that. I'm gonna go with uh, what's the Denzel Washington where He's the football player coach. Um, is it remember oh, remember the, the Titans. Titans. Oh, yeah. remember yes. the Titans. I'm gonna go yeah. remember the Titans. Okay. And then uh, and then I'm also gonna go with the number 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 two that had popped into my head, which is the um, uh, dang it, like this actually probably would be my number one. I just couldn't think of it. Um, it's uh, 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 a time to kill. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That one's... Time to Kill with uh, Matthew McConaughey and uh, yeah, Samuel Jackson. Good one. Yeah, one. Because really I think good. the speech at the end of that one is so awesome. Mm-hmm. The court speech. Close your eyes. And he goes through the whole thing. And he goes, now I want you to open your eyes. And he's like, pretend it was a, it was a white woman or a white girl. Mm-hmm. You know, the whole thing at the end. Like that speech is just so good about empathy and putting yourself in how we, you know, it was. I think it was just a, a I love that movie. And my daughter had just seen that recently and loved yeah, and was oh, yeah. like, I want more movies like that. Yeah, we all do. Why are you not telling me about all these movies? <laughs> I'm like, I told you about that one. Now I think about it, I, I should have had uh, Die Hard with a Vengeance on there, too. <laughs> all right. Um, final question. Question number five. If you were going into battle, who would you rather have as your commander? Ferris Bueller or David from War Games? Oh, David. Ferris Bueller. David. All right, we got two Davids. Dennis said Ferris Bueller. I'm going Ferris Bueller. So why do you? So the David camp, Camp David. Um, why do you say David, Bo and Pat? 
Well, you asked me who I wanted my commander to be. Right. Ferris would be a good time, but I don't know if I want him leading me into anything except a party. Okay. Yeah, I, Ferris Bueller was is not a stand-up guy. I mm-hmm. like I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't trust him with that. He's too worried about himself and and all that. And David from War Games. I'm trying to remember David from War Games. I I think he was just kind of a computer hacker guy. That right? Mm-hmm. Wasn't that? The, mm-hmm. yep. Okay. Like, Would you like to play a game? Yeah, and so I don't know. I, and I fall into the trap too. I hate to say it. I'm too. I'm, I've gotten old. I watched Ferris Bueller, and now he just looks like a jerk. I mean, he was. It was like, dang man, that guy's just a jerk. So yeah, I wouldn't get that. Get that kid off your lawn. Yeah, I, okay. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't follow him in the combat. Sorry. Okay. Okay. Well, I'll be curious to hear what what Dennis says. Actually, Dennis, go ahead. What? Why did you pick Ferris? Uh, I think I'm just gonna say because he's. Uh, I understand. Like, I mean, is he? Was he mischievous? Was he some of those things? Yeah, I don't think he ever did anything that was majorly hurtful, though. So I don't think he's a bad guy. He's just a kid who, you know, figured out his way and figured out the system and how to kind of. And I think I didn't. I didn't really ever take him as a necessarily a mean or vindictive or any of those kind of bully or necessarily type of kid um so so i don't think the the moral aspect creeps into it as much as me because i think you have to respect who your your commanders but to me it's the the fact that he was so intelligent and could figure out a way to win all the time mm-hmm. so he figured out the best like he knew and he just could he never gave up and no matter how much he might have been in trouble he figured a way out of whatever mess he was in so i think that's my thing is the ability to quick Think, to, to think quickly on his feet, come up with creative and often, yes, mischievous solutions, but he was able to do things and rig like his room and the, 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 the phone and the picking up the girl. Like, yeah, there's definitely a certain mischievous element, but I don't think it's anything like he was doing anything immoral, immoral robbing people necessarily or anything. Um, so I don't think he was a bad guy. So that's why I think I, I, I understand Pat's point of view um, on that, but I don't think there's anything that's like, because values and the moral part of it would be a big thing. You want to have a commander who's got that. But I think when you ask me that question, I'm going, oh, that's the guy who knows how to win. Mm-hmm. He's going to figure out a way to well, win. Well, he knew how to win because his sister helped him out. Or his well, we're talking about tra- Ferris Bueller, but I'm talking in a battle. He would translate those skills. He would I translate think, those skills by, yeah, yeah, that's why there's pawns on a chessboard. Yeah, <laughs> the, the king always wins because the pawns buy the farm for him. <laughs> Did you ever see the movie Patton? Yeah, I did. You don't win the war by dying for your country. You don't win the war by dying for your country. You make some other poor SOB die for his. I don't think Ferris would be the guy to make the other guy die. He'd be like, well, you know what? As long as I make it to the... I don't know. I don't know. I mean, he cared about his friends. Yeah. Yeah. All the other kids in school... Actually, a bunch of people at the school, they all looked up to him. So, Except for his sister, but... One, the sister, that's just natural. The sister's right. going to be like, you know. They, they all looked up to General McClellan, too, at the outset of the Civil War. <laughs> How'd that work out for him? <laughs> See, this is what I love about this question, and that's why I asked it, because I knew somebody would take it very seriously. <laughs> and we knew, we yeah. knew that would be. <laughs> yeah, come on, Dennis. you got to lighten up, buddy. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Pulling out General, General McClellan. <laughs> 
<laughs> he said General, General McClellan in the same sentence as Ferris Bueller. When's that ever going to happen? Oh, my God. What world have we gotten into that that has become the discussion? Well, those are our five questions, so that's going to do it for us this time. That's going to do it for us for glory this time around. Uh, so thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening. Uh, if you're looking forward to our next episodes and you want to find out where you can listen to those, go to 30podcast.com. That's 30 and the word podcast.com. That's also the best way to find us in all the different social media outlets at 30podcast. We're on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all those different places. If you want to call into the voicemail line, it's just a voicemail line. None of us are sitting by the phone waiting for your call. Um, we could be, maybe, but none of us are. So if you want to call in, leave us a message, and we'll possibly play it on the show and respond to it. 872-356-6843. Or if you're one of those old-timey people like me who likes to look at the little letters on your telephone, if you still have little letters on your telephone, it's 872-35-MOVIE. Um, our next episodes are War of the Roses. Guys, are you looking forward to War of the Roses? Have you watched it yet? Uh, I don't think we're going to talk about that. You, you uh, want to talk about it yet? I'm not a movie that shall not be named. <laughs> okay, all right. Maybe we can just talk more about it next week. Temporal Prime <laughs> Directive. I don't want to talk about crap that I had to talk about in the future. <laughs> well said. Again. All right, so you, there you go. Bit of a preview for next week. Um, we also have coming up in April, My Left Foot. UHF, Dead Poet Society, oh, and yes. Driving Miss Daisy. So we have, you know, we have, Bo, were you the one that mentioned Driving Miss Daisy? Yep. Yep. So we got that one coming up soon. Dead Poet Society. I love that movie. Um, I will admit, I have not seen My Left Foot or UHF. So those oh. will be new ones for me. I saw My Left Foot once or twice way back in the day, but I don't think I've seen UHF. Okay. You guys, you guys haven't seen UHF? No. And and oh. I'm a weird I'm a weird Al fan, so I'm kind of surprised I hadn't seen this. Wow, yeah, I'm surprised at that too. That's mm-hmm. definitely one everyone always talks about. De- I'm always like, yeah, Dennis, have you seen it. UHF? Oh, uh, I have. Yeah. Oh man, weird, many times. Weird, yeah. Something blue. Thinking about something orange now. Oh man. Guess what it is? Guess what it is? It's an orange. Now I know that because I know you've said that repeatedly. When he does the whole Rambo scene. Stanley. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. That movie, it just... How would yeah. you like a Twinkie Wiener sandwich? Oh, and, the, you know, how are the new recruits? Fire hose. <laughs> I know. You get to drink. I'm like, how are the you get new, to drink out of the fire hose. How are the new recruits? They're so stupid. I mean, I hate to say it, but how many times... Oh, can you say that in our current profession? You know I mean? <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, some days more than others, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then Good I don't stuff. know. I We've just, you know what? Actually, Dennis, you're the only one I don't have a movie from. So I, if you want to announce it right now, maybe you can. But uh, in May, we're doing Movies We Missed. So we started our podcast in 2015. And that year, we were doing a mixture of 84 and 85 movies. And then we've kind of progressed from there to 86, 87, 88, and 89. But now that we're leaving the 80s after this year... We decided that we were going to take the month of May, and we were going to use that to kind of hit on some movies that we might have missed, either from 80 to 83, or if there's some that we didn't cover in 84 through 89, um, we will, you know, each of us are going to kind of take an episode, and we'll all be there to talk about them, but uh, each of us are going to take an episode, and we are going to suggest the movie or a couple of movies for that one. And so I do have almost the entire list. Dennis, I don't have yours. So have you thought about yet which one? I will have to. Th- no, I have not. You want to throw in there? Think about okay. That. I'll have to see the list and, 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 and go from there. Yeah. Okay. Be, All right. I mean, when I see it, it's cool. And I'll, yeah, I'll do that. 
Okay. All right. So maybe we won't announce those just yet. Well, yeah, what the heck? We'll do it. Um, you can announce them all. Yeah. yeah. So what I've got so far, and I, and I guess these could possibly change, but I think for right now, this is what we got. Um, Pat, you had uh, Cannonball Run is yours. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, if we do two movies, because I kind of threw a little thing in there and I said that uh, maybe there's a difference between a, fa- like a, a favorite movie or a movie you loved that we haven't covered yet and one that you think more people should see. So I kind of was going back and forth, and I'm still struggling with that a little bit. So Pat, I know yours was Cannonball Run, and then you also added uh, when I when I put that little caveat in there, you also said Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we might do those two. And this for is your, from for what? This is from what time period? This is any? I mean, anything from the '80s? Anything from the '80s? Anything okay. from the '80s right. that we have not already covered? Ooh, all right. Uh, Bo, you said the Dream Team. Yep. Okay. Ooh. That's a good one, yeah. Uh, Jeff said E.T. Oh, yeah. And the one I was struggling with is if I'm going favorites that we haven't covered, I was going to do just a combined uh, Empire and Jedi. Okay. But I almost felt like maybe that was too obvious. So I I had been listening to a podcast a couple weeks ago and they were doing an American werewolf in London. And that had me go back yeah. and rewatch that movie. So I think that yeah. one might be mine. I might do American werewolf in London yeah, for mine. That's a good one. That is a good one. Cause I watched that again. Mm-hmm. I was like, I love that movie. Airplane. Airplane would be a good one, especially since that's the intro intro to our show every week. Oh, airplane. <laughs> but where's the bathroom over there? That's, that would be a good that'd be a good race race relations one, you know if you speak jive. <laughs> oh, oh dear. <laughs> hmm. I will. Yeah. I'll have to. Let me. Let me. Uh, let me ponder that one for a second. Okay. I'll try and look for going in and I'll. I mean, I could throw that okay. one in there. Yeah. Well, I got to try and make it sure it's not one that I missed that you guys did. Okay. Well, I actually, well, here, I can share with the, the list. I can share with the people, but I can also share with you. I'll put it up as a link on our website. Um, but if you, so I've been using this app called Letterboxd and okay. it's kind of like, a, you know, it's, people can put up their own radio, their own reviews and other stuff for movies. It's, I don't want to say it's like a Facebook for movies. Cause it's not really, it's not like, well, I guess you do follow other people and you follow their reviews and things like that. But it just, it's a really nice movie app. If you're a fan of movies, it's a nice app to use. They've got their website or the app. Uh, it's letterboxed, L-E-T-T-E-R-B-O-X-D.com. Uh, or there's an app too. And I, I'll send you the link to ours. But we have a list on Letterboxd. Uh, our account is the 30 Podcast account. And our list is all of our movies so far. So it's just a... You can either look at it as a list, or you can look at it as a set of uh, the movie poster covers, so you can see it visually. But it's a list of okay. every movie we've done so far on the podcast. So far. So it's like 200 and whatever movies that we've done. Yeah. On the list currently are 217 films. I might go Escape from New York, too. We have oh, not done that one. Yeah. yeah. We have not done that one. Yeah. So, But I'll, I'll, lock, I'll lock it down, but there's definitely a few that'll pop into to mind here, so... Okay. I haven't thought about that one. Hmm. Road Warrior. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. If any of you listening have any suggestions, um, we may have opportunities, even if we're in the, even if it's next year and we're already in the 90s, but you have some suggestions for movies that we didn't uh, make it on our list in the 80s. I'm sure there'll be plenty of times where we can go back and we can 
do some that we missed during that time too because we love the 80s so we'll go back and we've got a delorean we can do it anytime we want. wait anytime we want we can hop in the delorean so um yeah so that's that's going to be our month of may is we're going to go through those movies that we missed um so if you are looking forward to that stuff we've also got some new movies coming up soon that i'm sure we will try to get episodes out um i know that a couple of us saw captain marvel so um we may do an episode for that one uh, i know that dumbo and shazam are coming up at the end of this month avengers endgame is coming up the end of actually dumbo and shazam might be april i'll have to look at those again uh avengers endgame is april so we've got a lot of stuff coming on we're already kind of getting into that movie uh that summer movie time so i'm sure we'll be doing some of those or we'll just do a big episode where we talk about those i know jeff also wanted to take an episode and talk about the uh, star wars galaxy's edge that's opening up at disney world because they just released a whole bunch of stuff on what's going to be there and i have already just taken my wallet and thrown it across the room because it i if it, I have it anywhere near me, I will just spend all my money there. Um, so I'm sure we'll be talking about that soon, too. Thank you all for being here tonight. Hey, before so you go, you. I just want, oh, yeah. I want, to, I want to take I want to take one more crack at this. So you yeah, guys go. be extremely quiet. Let me, let me clear my throat. <clears> throat> oh, yeah. So we're yeah, going to go and go. try this. So okay. here we go. So right. let me try this. All right. Here we go. Get busy living or get busy dying. There we go. That was amazing. <laughs> I need I need them look. Dennis, I could even hear I could even hear <sighs> music. That was oh, amazing. Well, I had Hunter. I, I had I had Hunter come down and play a little music for me to get me in the mood. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. That's the worst Morgan Freeman voice I've ever heard. <laughs> that didn't sound anything like him. Yeah, well. Yeah. yeah. I mean I'm not Morgan Freeman, you know, what do you expect? <laughs> All right. Well, in my best uh, Morgan Freeman voice, I'm gonna say be excellent to each other and go watch some good movies. <laughs> Whose voice was that? <laughs> it was trying to be Morgan Freeman. It sounded more like General For McClellan. God's it was it was sakes. Okay, in my best General McClellan voice. <laughs> Do any of you guys know what General McClellan sounded like? I have no idea what he sounded like. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, All right. Vey. Good night, Gracie. Good night, Gracie. Good night, Gracie. Good night, crazy. <laughs> Good night, Gracie. Good night. Good night, Gracie. Get busy Oops. living. You, now you sound like Colonel Sanders. <laughs> Get busy living. <laughs> Should Hunter do it? It'll sound like you know if Hunter is. does, it'll sound like if Hunter does. Well, that, he's my son. If he does anything, no. all his impersonations sound like this. Get busy living or get busy dying. That's that that's what everything Chong? sounds like. It sounds like <laughs> Cheech and like Chong. That, that qualifies for Abraham Lincoln. Uh, that, uh, yep, Mother Teresa sounds like that. Yep, mm-hmm. all of them. That's his imitation. It's, everybody sounds like that. <laughs> oh man! And according to him, everybody on the everybody on the TV looks like Jeff. Every every movie we see, wait, is that Jack Black? <laughs> like it's, it's yep, yep, it is. Be, that's him be like B. Arthur and he's like is that Jack <laughs> Jack Black I'm like no he did fall out of his crib when he was okay. Jack Black oh no <laughs> yeah. General, Mc- General General McClellan
Mobile.